What is up, Bitcoiners? Welcome to another episode of FedWatch, a timely episode of FedWatch. We got a lot of macro to get into. Obviously, craziness in the greater crypto sphere. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but I'm sure y'all have been hearing a lot about FTX and all of the craziness swirling around that. So we're also going to give you some fresh information zoom out talk about some things that are happening in greater macro before we get into it man we're i'm remiss i don't have a copy right here in my hand of the orange party issue our brand new bitcoin magazine i'm gonna grab one after ansel hops on here but uh the orange party issue guys president bokele on the front you can get the latest bitcoin magazine if you go to store.bitcoinmagazine.com, subscribe, use BM Live to save yourself 10% off, and go to Bitcoin 23, Bitcoin 2023, Miami Beach, Florida, the Miami Beach Convention Center. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. There is nothing better than a bear market Bitcoin conference, and this is the biggest, baddest, most important one out there. So y'all, don't miss out on the Bitcoin conference. Bitcoin 2023, May 18th through the 20th. Ansel, welcome back, sir. Excited <laughs> to get into it. What's up, CK? Yeah, sorry about that. What did I miss? I mean, not much, just given a brief intro to the show. I know we're, we're not really going to talk about FTX that much, but I feel like we, yep. we, need, a, we need to start off with it because, wow, what an absolute explosion in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Yeah, and it just keeps going and going. So FTX, then BlockFi, now this stuff with Gemini Earn or whatever Genesis Earn, whoever is in trouble now, it just seems to keep going and going. But there's a bright side to this, and that is that the Bitcoin price is still holding up. I I'm very impressed with how the Bitcoin price has actually performed when the largest Ponzi scheme the world has ever seen up to this point I mean, not including Ethereum, but let's just talk about FTX here. That The largest Ponzi scheme up to this point that has exploded has just exploded in a, you know, in this ecosystem that Bitcoin headlines. And but Bitcoin is only down 4% from its June lows. I mean, it's down 20% in the week, but it's only down 4% lower than it was in June. And I think that's extremely strong performance by Bitcoin. I don't know. What else do you want to talk about FTX? Well, I mean... I guess my question for you is like, what do you make of it all? Obviously, there's a lot of contagion. I don't think people realized the type of leverage on paper, you know, effectively worthless shit coins that Alameda Research, FTX were using and how many uh, consumers and institutions, you know, were invested in or had assets on FTX. So, you know, obviously, I think that's one bombshell. The other bombshell, I think, is the attempt, the attempts to paper it all over and mm. the attempts to bring more customer funds into the fold. You know, we're talking about acquiring Voyager, acquiring BlockFi as part of the BlockFi's deal, pressuring them to put as many customer funds onto the FTX platform as possible. I mean, we're even talking about F Sam Bankman-Fried selling equity just a month ago to his employees at 50% discount. I mean, the... It's not just the fraud, but it's like the fraud on top of the fraud on top of the fraud. And then the political affiliations at the highest level, at the, the very highest level. I mean, really quite a bombshell. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll stop talking. I'll hand the mic back to you, Ansel. 
Yeah, I, I don't know really what to say about it because it is just so crazy. I mean, FTX was not it wasn't on my radar a year ago that something like this could happen. I mean, it's a very new exchange and it really kind of skyrocketed in popularity. They offered a lot of different types of, you know, I guess ways trading products. So you could go, you could actually do, I think, stocks on there and you could, there was betting markets and it wasn't just like Bitcoin and Ethereum trading. It was all sorts of stuff on there. And I thought that they were doing pretty well. And then, yeah, like you say, I read this great thread and let me get the guy's name. I'll put it in, I'll put it in the show notes in the write-up to this episode, but it's from Mr. Jason Choi. And he goes through a detailed account of the launching of FTX and how it was all from the very beginning. Alameda and FTX were pretty much one entity and FTX was there to finance and pump up the Ponzi schemes that Alameda was getting involved in. So right from the beginning, it looks like this was a big scam. It's not like they just had trouble in the last couple months and their scam, well, uh, they had to get scammier and scammier to kind of try to save themselves. No, from the very beginning, this was scammy. And I will add this about SBF's kind of persona. It has a similar, I think, appeal that another big crypto founder has, where they're a little bit different. They're a little bit weird. They seem to be really genius, right? And I think a lot of these kind of affinity type scams where it's all about the founder and his genius, those things are going to blow up in, in good time, just like the FTX thing. So am I making any sense here, CK? Absolutely, you're making sense. I apologize about the pause. Chris, I'm sending you a Twitter, a tweet from Charles Payne, where he's showing kind of like the organizational structure of FTX. I think that this was originally shared to him by our very own Dylan McClare before he went on to Fox Business earlier this week. But if you could put that, maybe the tweet or just the the chart of the, the like the, the entity chart within FTX on the screen, I think that that would help. Yeah, I mean, if it's too grainy, that's fine. But yeah, just throw it up there really quickly. I think it, it'll do a decent job of just illustrating like, like this is what a scam from the very beginning looks like. Look at this shell. This is a sh this is like shell company on shell company on shell company. Like this, like there's apparently 300 people working for for FTX, right? Why? <laughs> there's I'm looking they at like 70 entities right here. You know, you almost have a company per person. It's, it's right. absolutely insane. So and each in uh, different different jurisdictions. You know, they they're their own subsidiaries in all these different jurisdictions. So, I mean, the, the scheme was, was quite elaborate and they were building on it from the beginning. Maybe it got away from them. Maybe they lost big on too many altcoin bets. Maybe they're they themselves were exposed to, to Luna and some of these other things that brought down a lot of the other players. But, you know, all of that is on top of the, the scheme that they were playing the whole time. Yeah. And I think it's the premeditated nature that was really the most unsavory you know things along the lines of ftx you know uh, the head of alameda research seeing proprietary information about internal trading on ftx f alameda research having a faster api than all other market participants on ftx sam bankman freed having mechanisms to transfer funds from ftx to alameda research that would not or did not uh, activate their security notifications so 
trading with customer funds on FTX and and the fact that you know maybe if this information hadn't gone leaked onto CoinDesk and CZ making his public move to to tank the FTT token he may have gotten away with it and the man yeah. was working closely with the SEC with the CFTC with the highest levels of Congress to attempt to pass some pretty broad sweeping crypto regulations yeah, that's the part that's really deep and interesting is what's the connection between the SEC and and FTX. But I think it goes back to you were talking about the FTT token. And I mean, that was a lot of their reserves, right? I think Alameda had like $8 billion worth of FTT tokens. And as soon as you start like dumping those on the open market, which CZ was doing, that is going to cause a cascade. Now, how much of this last kind of DeFi market was actually just money laundering scam? I mean, DeFi and NFTs and all this, that that is that was pumped up and built by these guys. So how much of that do you think was legitimate speculation? I'll say legitimate speculation versus total scammy behavior. What, what would you say, CK? Oh man, well, twenty uh, percent of the speculators are creating eighty percent of the the actual price action, and yeah, I mean, I, you could see that FTX, Alameda, their their venture investments, their the way that they operated, it was all one part of this big scam, and now we're starting to see the connections between U.S. lawmakers, Ukraine, and other just suspect suspect elements. So. I don't want to go as far as I just don't know enough to say, you know, how much was money laundering, how much was a scam versus legitimate. But you can definitely tell they had their tentacles deep. They were playing. They were not playing like by the rules and they were defrauding and misconstruing and misrepresenting a lot of what they were doing. And I, what I, before we move on to, to, to off of FTX, but what I find to be the most shocking or maybe the, the least shocking, the lack of the lack of vitriol and the lack of, of anger from the mainstream media, which pumped this guy up. Now it's almost like they're apologizing for him and why the New York Times, Reuters, Fortune, all of these organizations have come out in the wake of this with softball puff pieces. And it's just like, man, like his money must have been so deep. Like how these are the same media institutions that will blindly smash Bitcoin on any sort of like negative news. They've 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 gone after many of his industry competitors, Kraken, Binance, etc., even Coinbase. But yet they they find room to to give him empathy and the benefit of the doubt, despite being baiting, you know, being potentially the biggest scammer in financial history. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's to keep him quiet. You know, maybe he has dirt on all these people and he's being sued class action lawsuit now. There's, of course, all this stuff now with the government going to maybe go after FTX and all that stuff. So maybe they want to treat him well and say, hey, we will make sure you get a nice, easy trial if you don't spill the beans about who you were exactly laundering money for. And I, I think that's that's a possibility. Also, like I'll add another one to this list of Tether. They FUD Tether constantly. And Tether, once again, comes out of this whole situation 
as like the one of the cleanest shirts in this uh, kind of craziness. So anyway, that's that's all I know about FTX. I think that the link that I will share to the tweet thread will be very eye-opening for people. And other than that, I just want to make sure that we emphasize the positivity. I mean, like I started with this is Bitcoin is barely down from below its June lows, despite this huge explosion in the market. And we, we liquidate the bad investments, right? There is not going to be a bailout for FTX, most likely. And uh, that's good. We, we are in the good side of the economy that actually flushes out bad debt so we can build, continue to build good, hopefully on Bitcoin. Hopefully people will learn from their mistakes, these altcoiners, and I guess, what would you call them? Never anti-Bitcoin maxi people, and they'll learn some of their, from some of their mistakes and perhaps concentrate on building on liquid and building on lightning and building on these other layer twos for Bitcoin. So not uh, liquid. I think, not liquid. Okay. Well, it can be, there's a lot of opportunity for these people in Bitcoin. Just use Bitcoin. I don't even like the term build on Bitcoin. I think it's, it's, it's <laughs> literally an altcoin narrative and altcoin framing. Yeah. Anyone can use Bitcoin. Bitcoin is permissionless to use, build into your system. So yeah, and yeah, I just I don't see liquid being being the thing, Chris. I'm sorry. I think it, it doesn't it doesn't pass my open source sniff test. But I am bullish on Fediments. I think that 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 makes yeah. more sense to me. Yeah. If we're gonna have a federation, of, we want to be an open federation. There's lots of stuff like that. Yeah, that's very exciting. What about? Things like we've seen with the Lightning Network and stuff, how they're hooking up the Perth, was it football team or? Yeah, the Perth Heat baseball team. Baseball team. And now they can get like tips for good plays and stuff from the fans. What do you think about that? So I, what one thing I, I see in the future is like, you know, a use case that uses Bitcoin, not like, hey, let's build it and they will come. So no, you have to have the use case first, then you build the thing onto Bitcoin. So what? What's your take on that kind of stuff? Yeah, Bitcoin will, is permissionless to use and it will be used all over the internet and in the world. So we use money. We like you can use money on different layers, right? So mm -hmm. you actually use it as a medium of exchange, but you can also psychologically use it as a unit of account and you can actually physically store value within it. So within those kind of three frames, like every use case for Bitcoin exists within that. So whether we have different platforms to to make it easier to use, to make it more intuitive, to augment ad features, takeaway features, whatever, I think it's all possible. It just really depends on the frame and, and who adopts it and how. But I really don't like this idea of like building on Bitcoin. It's like you build you write software that runs on servers. Sometimes those servers are, you know, cloud servers, self-hosted servers, and then, you know, you leverage or use Bitcoin within that. So, you yeah. know, that that's kind of my framing. So again, I think that there's some really clear ways that you can, can use Bitcoin. And ultimately, Bitcoin is for enemies. Bitcoin is for lack of trust. And when there is trust, you can layer that trust in and, 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 you know, maybe you don't necessarily need, you know, a bare digital asset transfer when a trust exists. But when there is no trust, when trust doesn't make sense, that's where Bitcoin is for. And you can use it. You can use it. Absolutely. All right. Well, should we jump into today's topics? Let's do it. Let's should we should we get into the charts or should we uh, should we hit on, on anything on CPI first? Well, I just yeah, I just want to hit on CPI first. But uh, first, so what we got going on today is G20. We're going to talk about the digital dollar pilot program. 
CPI, and I have some charts. We have been off for two weeks, or we haven't been chatting on FedWatch here since the 2nd of November. So a lot has happened on the charts. A lot has happened in macro. So we'll try to kind of summarize that a little bit today. One of the big things from last week was the CPI report. And the expert forecast, so this is from the Cleveland Fed's CPI nowcast, is, was expecting 0.76% month on month, and CPI came in at 0.4%. So it was almost half as high as people were expecting. And of course, that set off fireworks in the stock market and kind of in Bitcoin on the first day, uh, but then the FTX stuff rolled in heavy. So, And of that 0.4% on the CPI, half of that was from the shelter component, which I'll go into here in a second. And one reason why I wanted to concentrate on CPI and, and why I talk about CPI a lot on the show is because I think people are starting to realize that we've hit peak CPI and that Bitcoin needs to have some new narrative how to deal with this future that is going to be very low inflation and low growth. We're not going to see runaway hyperinflation, which Bitcoin's ready for that narrative, right? Bitcoin is sound money. It's ready to be a hedge against inflation. But I don't think Bitcoin's quite ready to hedge against a deflationary risk and a deglobalization risk. And I think we need to push that narrative forward because that's what the world, I think, is coming to. Well, I, just to kind of add to that, I agree that like Bitcoin is here. Bitcoin is ready. Bitcoin works. And it's really about the Bitcoin community uh, continuing to educate and continuing yeah. to discover how Bitcoin works and continuing to to find ways to uh, implement Bitcoin in the real world. I think a framing that I love and actually comes from you, Ansel, is, you know, Bitcoin is a better system. Bitcoin is a system where growth can happen. Bitcoin is a system where, where capital or, you know, capital allocation can happen appropriately. And that yeah. and it's a it's a system where I love this is from Nolan Bowerly of the breakup, but where you can count, you can count your BTC. You can always count your BTC within the entire system. Counting is one of the key aspects of it. And right now we live in a system that's completely opaque. You can't count it. So I think that if you take into account like, hey, the world divided by 21 million, it's an ecosystem where you can actually make economic calculations. Then all of a sudden you see that in a world where growth is slowing where stagnation, stagflation is hitting in, nihilism is on is at all time high. We're going to continue to see growth and prosperity within Bitcoin. You know, it's almost. I think it's really going to be similar to the same dynamic of open markets versus communist top down, top down markets during the Cold War. You know, there may have been uh, a period of time at the beginning where you know people could make arguments for one system over the other. Fast forward ten years it was obvious to everyone which system provided more prosperity and growth. So I think that the same will be true. It might not be obvious at first, but over time, we're going to continue to see growth in Bitcoin, growth in the Bitcoin ecosystem, prosperity, energy abundance in the Bitcoin ecosystem, and then the opposite in the withering, dying traditional system. Yeah, great framing, man. I, I totally agree. There is the the green shoots in Bitcoin versus the old geriatric system that is dying. So love that. Now let, let's break down a little bit more here with the CPI. So the shelter component made up half of the CPI and it came in at 0.8%. And there is this weird 
thing about the shelter component. And I know a lot of people for a long time have been complaining. I mean, Shadow Stats, if you're familiar with Shadow Stats, that's a famous alternative CPI site where they use the 1980 way to measure CPI. And so that really, it, it counted real estate differently and rents differently. And, and I've been very critical of Shadow Stats, but there was this kind of quirk in the shelter component or there is a quirk in the shelter component that makes it naturally lag by 12 to 24 months. And the way that works is when they measure the change in rent, they measure it from the, in renewed rents. So if you renew your rent, your lease, what was the change from the start of your lease to now the renewed lease? And that is obviously extremely lagging, right? Because you don't get a lease every month. You get a lease once a year or twice a year you, or every two years you might sign a new lease, but they don't consider like the month on month change. So let's say the renewed leases went up 1% and then the next month they went up uh, 0.9%. They don't count that change. They just count this absolute year over year mark. So there's baked into this shelter component a year over year type of measurement. And one thing I've been really trying to hammer home in the last six months is you need to look at month over month and the shelter really doesn't do that. So anyway, shelter is lagging by over a year, most likely. And that is what is making CPI even as high as it is, which at 0.4% is half of what the experts were expecting. So that's all I have to say about CPI. Do you have anything to add to that CK? Didn't add to it. Excited to get into the charts. Look at some Bitcoin strength despite the craziness. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will make it possible to materialize your assets in real estate. Through the collateralization of mortgages with Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will be launching lending solutions to allow investors to easily leverage their assets to purchase investment in owner-occupied properties. Moon Mortgage's crypto mortgage will be launching soon for home buyers in Texas, Florida, and Colorado, and will be open to investors in most states across the U.S. for investment properties. Welcome to the future of mortgages. Visit moonmortgage.io today to register your interest and learn more. Moon Mortgage Residential is registered with the NMLS under number 235334. The Bitcoin Magazine podcast is brought to you by CrowdHealth. With open enrollment upon us, what if you didn't have to pay healthcare premiums anymore? What if you can invest in Bitcoin instead? With CrowdHealth, you can choose your doctors, put aside money for your health expenses in your own account, and even hold a large part of it in Bitcoin. Pay one low monthly total to fund an account that is yours. If a large expense comes up, CrowdHealth will crowdfund the bill for you to pay quickly. Go to CrowdHealthBTC.com and use code BTCMAG and experience freedom from health insurance by utilizing Bitcoin. Right now through the end of the year, you can get your first six months for just $99 per month. Don't get stuck in a bad insurance plan again. Instead, go to CrowdHealthBTC.com and use code BTCMAG to sign up. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. 
Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. All right, let's bring up 